back to the turf talk. It's another busy weekend of racing action where absolutely all over the place this weekend. The first grade one of the National Hunt season at Down Royal. The highlight of a weekend where we'll also be at Aintree at Down Royal. Christ, I already bloody forgot. We're only 20 seconds in. Uh, Jim wants to go to Kelso. Maybe a little bit of Keeneland chat as well uh, for the running around the dirt in America or whatever they do over there. Uh, I hope Hewitt wins again. Uh, <laughs> as per usual, I'm joined by Mr. James Watson. Even for me, Jim, that was a shocking intro. Yeah, but we'll take it. Um, we're globe <laughs> I've been doing this five years, I'm still shocking at it. We're going globetrotting this weekend. Uh, action everywhere. Bram jammed full of it. Um, there's races all over the gaff and we'll try and condense it roughly into an hour's listening so uh, this should be fun uh, plenty of competitive handicaps plenty of free runner hurdles that everyone adores uh, and some ridiculously named horses in Keeneland <laughs> yeah we'll get to them god bless the Yanks uh, Jim shall we just start at Down Royal and have a little bit of a brief brief run through there of their feature races, I mean, look, we're only going to be talking about the two graded events and we're not going to have time to mention anything on the Friday. Uh, the Labrooks champion chase, Jim, the grade one, Galvin's 11 to 10, Conflated's 3 to 1, Kenboy 11 to 2, oh, Envoy Alen 8 to 1, and Beating Edge 20 to 1. I really want Envoy Alen to be a good horse still. I really, really do. Uh, Jim, I think this is simply enough. Galvin probably wins and conflated is probably the biggest threat. Market has it about right, not a betting race. Yeah, I agree. Um, Galvin is sort of a tried and tested horse. Conflated will be interesting the campaign they give him this season. I, I presume that I presume they'll be winding him up towards the Gold Cup. They, they saw uh, his ability uh, at, at Leopardstown in February in the Irish Gold Cup when he was beating that field fairly impressively. They decided to go for the right air with him last se- last season and he was he he wasn't gonna he, he wasn't gonna beat Alahor, was he? Um however it was a decent run in the Betway ball against Condesobo in his own backyard, that's where he dominates. Didn't run too badly. Um so this season I think it'd be interesting the campaign he's given. Uh, if the ground's quicker out I'd be more positive on that. I know he's got bits and pieces of form on, on softest ground but I think good to soft, good ground would be, would be what he's wanting. Galvin's a horse that you like a lot and they're hoping for a big national campaign for him this year. Um, I don't think there's, I don't think there's as much between them in my opinion. So the fact that conflated is three to one slightly interests me a little bit. I, I'd possibly have him a little bit shorter, maybe five to two. Um, he is two pound, officially two pound higher than him. So, um, and prior to this race, I said, I can't remember the last time um, Jiggins Down have won this champion chase. Um, and then it turns out they won it for nine straight years. So what do I know? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that back up. Because I completely forgot about that in our little pre-race chat with me. Yeah, before I started recording, Jim like, have Jiggins Town ever won the race for Conflated? <laughs> had a quick look. And to be fair, the only one I remember was Roy de May. I think Roy de May won it, but I can't remember any others. Yeah, well, that was completely pointless because Road to Respect, Outland, Al Salido, Don Cossack, 
Keto de la Rock. Yeah, just 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 the, a few to name. Yeah, all of them. Road to Riches as well, before he got sent to the Maestro Maxwell. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the race, Jim, but it's, it's not a betting one for me. I hope Galvin has a has a really good campaign. To me, it wouldn't have to be Gold Cup or National. It'd be do, do both, but definitely run him in the National this year. It doesn't matter if he runs off 175. Uh, he's so rare to have a horse who is as made for the test as him. I'm sure of that. I'm sure of that. And I'd, I'd rather a horse be as ready-made for it as Galvin, carrying maybe two or three pounds more than he should do, than a horse who's ten pounds well in, but doesn't take to it. You know, so I don't care about the weight for him. He wins the national this season. You're uh, weight blind. For a horse of his quality, definitely. I think it matters less towards the top end anyway. Yeah, it's all very much of a muchness. Yeah, I, I agree, mate, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, him winning again on Saturday. I would rather have a bet in the Grade 2 at Downwell. Again, it's a, look, it's it's almost it's so bad it's almost English. It's crap, let's be honest. <laughs> Forerunner, Grade 2, Fury Road, 6-5, Father Vanille, and 5 to Allen, 11-4, Adelvino, 10-1. I was surprised Fury Road wasn't odds-on for this, mate. Yeah, but he's a horse I wouldn't trust with my grandma, and I I don't I don't I won't I won't stick by him. Um, I won't be having a bet. He's crap. Move on. Which horses would you trust around your grandma? Um, a horse that's running in the three o'clock probably. So Ryle, you know what you're going to get with him. <laughs> Spot on as well, but he'd take her out for a nice fucking yeah, um, nice he'd, butter. He'd look after her, um, have a cup of tea, <laughs> and everyone will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. Oh, you, you're absolutely spot on, but no, I just think Fury Road is a he's a better horse than Vanillier, De- uh, and I think he's a, he 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 jumps much better over a fence. Vanillier is a slow, slow, slow beast. Uh, couldn't have him over two and a half miles, really. Couldn't have him over three? Yeah, probably not. That means the biggest threat will be Fighter Allen, who really needs to step up in, well, he's stepping up in grade, but needs to advance his form uh, to get involved. And he's, he's priced more on reputation, maybe not reputation, but uh, potential than what he's achieved. I think Fury Road is a very, very solid candidate at... Uh, six to five. I know it. It's, it's not a one to be piling in on, but I, I, I consider that a fairer price than anything in the uh, grade one at Downwell. On to some races that are a little bit more interesting from a betting point of view, Jim. Shall we go to Wincanton first, pal? Mhm. Anything you like in the in the class two mares handicap hurdle, which can often be a half decent race. The Tizards have Rose of Arcadia in there. Yeah, a, a fascinating renewal. Um, I think the top four are all roughly uh, nice horses and around the right price. Um, Sabrina's got Freddie Gingell taking 10 off. Uh, that would certainly be of interest. Um, the owners group had a flurry of horses uh, entered in this, but uh, she's won a Wincanton handicap hurdle before. Um, off a mark of 100, she's £15 lower. Take Freddie's turn off and he's only five pound higher, better quality of horses, but 
certainly an interesting race. Nothing strong. Lydia Dare uh, was entered for the Mayor's Hurdle at uh, Weatherby last weekend. Uh, her form is impeccable. But a few jumping blemishes at Newcastle. Uh, and I'd be I'd be wary of her off off top weight. She's not an overly big mare, um, and big heavy weight like that I'd be slightly concerned about. Windhouse is a horse I've had a, an awful lot of time for. Not a not a betting proposition for me, but one I'll be uh, watching with a certain amount of intent. Yeah, fair enough there, mate. Uh, on to the Grade Two Rising Stars Novices Chase. Obviously, this is a race that can often vary wildly in quality. There's a horse I'm I'm looking forward to seeing over a fence heading the betting though, McFabulous six to five fav to make a winning chase debut against Sebastopol at eleven to four. Hang in there nine to two. Utrid nine to one and sixteen to one bar the other two. Uh I think we both like McFabulous as a potential chase with him, and I think he's a decent price at six to five again. For for a small, you know, fairly average average grade two. If I was to back a horse first time out in this sort of environment and this sort of slightly uninteresting race, I think McFabulous is a price that that could tempt me, to be fair. He just needs to run to his hurdles for him and he'll win this. Yeah, bang on. Another horse is Sebastopol, who I wouldn't trust with my grandma. He's slightly unpredictable. Um, He doesn't like winning. Even that two-runner race, he, he probably tried to... Uh, throw it away. I remember him unseating oh, when he was quite a bit in front at Kempton in a three-runner race. He didn't fancy it uh, over the last. But McFabulous, a horse who Lewis has <laughs> said... <laughs> well, Louis, uh, a horse that Lewis said, uh, I think we'll relish fences. Um, Nichols' horses are, are flying at the minute and and this is an obvious target he just needs to run to his hurdle form and, and he'll be there, even if he clouts a few I still think he'd uh, beat most of this lot uh, a pretty poor renewal of this race but he's he's the exception Yeah, no I've I, I've backed him in fact Jim I thought 6-5 six 6-5 to five, six to five was a price uh, I, I think there may be a few shorties coming this weekend and there could be some nice Juicy Lewis Tomlin, Tomlinson style short price accumulators coming in. Sebastopol is rated 148 over fences. McFabulous, who is a big scope, he saw, always looks like he's going to make a better chaser, was rated 153 over hurdles and gets £5. And it's poor Nichols, you know full well you know that this is a horse who's going to be well schooled, there's not going to be any doubts as to his you know, well-being in the run-up to this. I just think it's it sounds daft to be putting up a 65 shot, but I was surprised he was he was that big on chase debut when I... I guess he's always been a horse who, from a very early stage in his career, people have anticipated would make a better chaser. You know, Paul Nichols hasn't won this for a couple of years, to be fair, in the, uh, I guess, mid-2000s to mid 2010s he you know he used to absolutely run the race and he's not he didn't always send you know absolute top notches there to win it you know uh won it with won it with uh turco and and uh southfield fieta who you wouldn't have particularly stayed were were top 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 notches won it with modus his most recent winner you know as we say it's a race that can vary vary in quality quite significantly 
And I think Sebastopol sets an all right standard, but we know what he is, which is a mid 140s handicapper. And surely, surely even first time up McFabulous will be better than that over fences. Two time form boys have Sebastopol have a squiggle next to Sebastopol. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, mate. I'll have a quick look. Because I'd happily put a squiggle next to his name. <laughs> that sounds very disrespectful, but I. He's not a horse I've, I've awfully thought wants to win a lot of, of races. Um, it's like bits and pieces of form, uh, you know what you're going to get, but he's just, he's not one to trust for me. We, we've given him one squiggle in his career uh, when he was second at Utoxia, uh last summer. Uh, uh, but he's not, he's not one we have a, have a, Significant one on, and to be fair, you may say you, 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 you. I think more, more so than I am. Uh, Have a uh, hatred for some horses. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm a little bit more forgiving of uh, minor quirks than you. Yeah, are. yeah, I'm straight out. Bang. Yeah. See one thing you don't like. Off you go. <laughs> Not my friend. Could win a gold cup, and I'll still hate you. Spot on, but no, McFabulous. I, 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 again, I think he's a bet, which is horrible to have. You know, I, I guess it, it's it's a, the cards were dealt this weekend, really, isn't it? But I'm, I'm stronger on McFabulous than I am on Fury Road, and I think he's a nice price. On to a more competitive race, the 150, the Badger be a handicap chase. The highlight of Wincanton's card, Frodon. Is fifteen to four to be Enrillo nine to two Captain or sixes thirteen to two Lord Accord, elevens Potterman fourteens Irish Prophecy Slipway, and Red Happy Philip Armson comes to Wincanton instead of riding. Uh, Fergus Wilson's two triple figure shouts. Can he not ride? Can he not ride both of them in the in the septum? No, well look, Jim Aldry's heavily into that jockey booker. <laughs> the fact that. Uh, Armson's come to Wincanton instead of going to ride a Bayer Duma Tan at Al Rock in the Grand Sefton. I'm available. That must, mean, that must mean he's the nap. Uh, Red Happy's five. That's what I was just doing. I just did exactly the same thing. I feel like Red Happy's been running for years. 27 starts as a five-year-old. They're getting some money's worth out of him, aren't they? Well, he's had, his, he's, he's had enough starts to last a lifetime just this summer, mate. <laughs> uh, Rocco's the same price as him at 14s, and it's 16s bar them. I found this tricky, which is annoying, because I love this sort of race. And in a weekend where, you know, the features aren't mega punting puzzles, I wanted to have a proper crack at this. But I've, I'm windy, Jim. Start with Frodon, mate. Waited to go and win it, and I think he's the right fav. Yeah, sorry, can we just rewind back to Red Happy? He's entered in the King George. <laughs> sorry, that is ridiculous. Why have I not seen that this week? Um, Frodon, um, yeah, a peak. And like you said, waited to win this race, and probably has his best opportunity, was in the JM line. Uh, I believe he does go best when fresh. Uh, we've seen him do it before. We saw him last season in the champion chase at Down Royal. He dominated that first time out. Um, it's going to be some weight carrying performance, but we've seen him do it before. Uh, we saw him at Cheltenham in that handicap being cloth cap and West approach off a mark of 164. Uh, he is now off a mark of 158. 
12th dawn again. This is a weaker renewal of the Badger Bears. And and I looked at plenty of angles to take from them because I I don't like horses carrying plenty of weight in this. Um, No horse over 144 has has won this race in the past decade. Uh, It it tends to go to the to the lighter weighted horses. Um, However, I think he's a clear standout here. Uh, He's got to be ready to go. Um, The price is fair enough. He was a little bit short for me a couple of days ago, but he drifted out a little bit in price. Um, The other Nichols horse is is one of the main dangers at Rillo, uh, the winner of the Bet365 in 2021, then disqualified. His form's been patchy since, um, not completed. Needs three of his last four starts. Um, his jumping is a little bit temperamental, and are you, well, we saw what he did at, at Sandown in about three six five. Uh, he was a slightly temperamental ride. Back to his best, uh, I think he'll be competitive, and um, I can't believe he's only eight either. Um, Captain Ard won the Coral Trophy off one two seven, and, and was impressive, and looked like he'd kick on from that. Um, he looked like the size of a house on his return. Um, and he'll certainly have stripped fitter for that. Um, off a mark of 130, I still think he's got a little bit more improvement to do. And I don't think he will progress that much this season. Lord of Cause was an impressive winner at Cheltenham. Um, up £5, career high mark. He's, he's better forms on better ground. He's not a horse. I'm, he's not a horse I'm overly enthusiastic about backing up here, he's not a horse who tends to go from run to run and back him up. Um, the horse that does interest me off a very low mark, uh, off one three three, he's up ten pound from winning that race. He slip, slipway. Um, he won the Highland National at Perth off one two three, uh, up ten pounds. He's slightly younger than these, and he showed that the market step up in trip was something he really enjoyed. Um, all a bit. This is a few furlongs shorter. Um, he cruised into races, jumping improved uh, from throughout the season, and I just thought at fourteen to one he he offered a little bit more value than some of your tried and tested ones already. He could absolutely bomb out um, and not be up to this standard with that sharp rise last time. He beat some proper slow boats in behind um, in that Highland National, uh, Dubai Devils, uh, Ladron who did win over two mile four last weekend, I think, which is ridiculous. Uh, and Papa Poutine, who's just an out-and-out plodder. But um, I think he's slightly progressive in comparison to a few. He's a, a fairly likely race with only a 10 starts in comparison to some exposed rivals. Uh, and I think he, he could run well at th- off a mark of 133. Um, he, he might not have the class. Um, and Frodon could easily dominate but an, an interesting race and, and a proper head scratcher uh, to, to kick off Wincanton's main coverage Yeah it's tricky mate uh, I, I do think Frodon's a right fav um, before the race before we started recording you know, we, we had a little chat and I said I wasn't sure as to ever I'd be with him or not. I, I half had an eye on Laura Cord. I half had an eye on Captain Ord, who's, you know, back out a sort of winnable mark for him. But the fact that, that Nichols has opted to do this with Frodon makes me like the idea. Instead of going back to Dan Well, he's here to win it, isn't he? 
and the fact that he, you know, was was winning a, a, a solid a Grade One chase this time last year, beating a fit Galvin, and then wasn't wasn't utterly disgraced, you know, when he was fourth in the King George, wasn't a I guess a dreadful dreadful effort. And the ultimate either it was very very uh he was midfield, wasn't he? But he was still there turning for home. That ultimate uh, was a scruffy race, though, wasn't it? It was. It was. The false start didn't help a lot of them. Um, nothing. He was held up in comparison to his normal front-running style. I, I, I just don't... I'd, I'd be willing to, to roll that run out. Uh, yeah, I think I'd just keep coming back to forward on Jim. And Rillo... Ran well once last season, didn't he? Which was behind Captain Orr in the Coral Trophy. Does he need a little bit more respite from the handicapper now? At one four three, which is a mark that he would have won that uh, bet three six five from. Yeah. But again, I, I don't know. He's he's just a horse I've, I've never been mega convinced by. Captain Orr, I can I can give or take. Lord Accord was why well, I had half an eye on him because I thought there could be a little bit more to come from him after he won at Cheltenham last time. Back up to one three six, he did win a win a, a bad little forerunner novice novice chase off that mark last last season. Uh, so I, I don't want to say he's won off one three six before because even though he has, I, I don't think it was a strong form really. Throws on if pushed, mate. But I, I'm gutted that I don't have a stronger opinion on this. Yeah, it's fair. It's a very tricky affair this year. I think the card, the fairly the card at Wincanton in general is tricky enough. Um, but I think you'd rather be on Frodon's side than against him. Yeah, I'd agree, mate. I'd agree with that. The three o'clock is the elite hurdle. Uh, another four on a grade two. Uh, Grandma Watson's favourite horse, Soul Royal, is eleven to ten to beat. Uh, Nathan's still at nine to four. Milkwood, thirteen to two. Night Salute, eight to one. Uh, pretty simple in Ijin. Soul Royal will, will win. Yeah, we saw he was banged straight back at it at Kempton um, early season. Um, he won uh, this race. Many a time, um, you know what you're going to get with him. He's the proper Grade Two horse in this race. No offence to the Milkwood Army, who is a horse we've had a lot of fun on there. Nappers Hill stepping into graded company. He's been found out in in graded handicaps, and I know he's a different horse now, and he's he's got up a nice sequence of, sequence of victories. Uh, but there's still something about him that I just don't like and and possibly stepping him back down to two miles I know he has won over two miles previously but he's not a horse who stands out at, at a higher level who would be able to get away with it over two miles one mile seven um, over two and a half miles uh, possibly pushing towards three miles is where I see his optimum future maybe in a big field handicap he, over two miles he, like he could enjoy it such as the great wood I think he's entered in that as well Um but I'd I'd I think he's he's got to improve another a fair fair chunk to get past Saw Ryle. I know um, he has the penalty Saw Ryle, but I think he'll easily brush brush this lot aside. No offence to Knight Salute, who we saw bump into Pied Piper the other week. 
Yeah, I agree, Jimmy. Look, I, I could see Napasil making up into a grade two level horse. Uh, not convinced two miles is what he wants at this grade, though. Be more interested of him uh, by him over further. If I'm deadly honest, Milkwood, love the horse. This isn't what he wants for runners. He wants a pace to aim at uh, so that he can tank through. And that salute just isn't good enough at this level. Penalty kick for Sol Royal, and I hope he should be able to convert. Anything else from you, Jim, at Wincanton? Um, Wincanton? I don't think so. I think that's everything. Yeah, there's nothing else on the card that's interesting me. No, me, uh, not me particularly either, Jim. Although the Bali Baskets had a really, really good summer for Ben Paulin, and I wouldn't be surprised if he still had a little bit more, more to come. He's favourite for the three uh, thirty-five. I wish I'd be more interesting today, pal. But I, I find it a very, very tricky weekend. Hopefully. You might have some more interesting things to say about the entry card. Jim, the Potemps qualifier at 101 uh, sees Jericho Rock and Milan Bridge 7 to 2, Giant Favs to beat Flight Deck and Remastered at 13 to 2, Johnson's Blue 15 to 2, 8 Sash Town Lad, 10's Lisner Garoska and 14's to 1, Disha Abba. Uh, Jim, I'm the world's biggest Jericho Rock fan. I can fully understand why uh, they're doing this with him. Hurdles mark of run one three nine is fair and st- in fact above what his uh, chase mark is. I, I I fully see why he's favourite, but I I came down on Ashtown last, and I thought one three five was an interesting hurdling mark for him. We saw him uh, as a novice hurdler two seasons ago. His final start. Over hurdles, he was fourth in the big grade three, over three miles at the Grand National meeting, in behind the likes of T Clipper, Berge Flower and Hometown Boy. That was a strong race for the grade. Me and you were there that day, in fact, weren't we, Jim? We were. Uh, then went over fences, and I thought he just looked very, very slow as a chaser last season, ended up finishing fifth in the Scottish National. But I do think 135 is a workable mark for him. Especially based on, you know, I'd, I'd say he progressed over fences last season, looked like a better a better chaser than he was as a, a hurdler, but that was because he was, I think, because he was a progressive hurdler anyway, and just carried that on over fences. It wouldn't surprise me if he was able to run to a similar level as what he was achieving over fences last season. Switch back to hurdles, you know. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't rule it out of there being no difference really at all. Just a horse who was going the right way, continued going the right way. Uh, so Ashtown lad back over hurdles from one three five is where I'd land in that potential race, and I, I I quite like it as well, Jim. Although I'd love to see Jericho Rock wins before he goes and wins the Coral Gold Cup now. <laughs> yeah, the Coral the Coral Gold Cup handicap here. The Coral Welsh National. And the Coral Welsh National, it can do a, it can do a hat trick of corals. It'll win the eclipse in the summer. Yeah, I was good. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his form; he, he quite likes to finish second in all. Then, um, moving on. Oh, that's uh, cold, Jim. Uh, Ashdown lad was on the shortlist. I like him, and I fully respect him. Eight to one, I think, it's a fair enough price to be having a, a nice bet each way. Um, the horse I landed on was Flight Deck. Um, one. 
off handicap debut two seasons ago off one one four. He's won on seasonal debut before last season off a mark of one twenty. Um, I have a feeling they 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 really like this horse to kick on and possibly be competitive in these big big field handicaps. He beat his components lad, uh, who's a bit of a stalwart of the handicap hurdle division over three miles at Weatherby. He didn't run a too bad a race behind Don, Don Levon uh, in the fixed brush. He's entered for that race again uh, in the middle of November on the Betfair Chase card. Uh, he won a potential race at Christmas at Carlisle, uh, beating T's components lad again. Um, off a mark of 133. We didn't see him again. He's £3 higher here. Um, off a mark of 136. Last year's bottom weight in the Potemps was 134. So to cement his place and possibly a nice JP random lottery in the Potemps, he'd need to show some form of ability to, to, to stay in that race. And I just think he's of interest off 132. Relatively likely race for an eight year old. We've only seen him over the, over hurdles. Uh, uh, only seen him have 10 starts he had one chase start and he didn't enjoy it kept him over hurdles and four of them have been victories um, and I just think he's a horse to keep on the right side and possibly a sneaky Potemps um, candidate later on in the season 13-2 offers plenty enough value John Joe's horses haven't been as flying as what they were earlier on but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Flight Deck will, will run his race and Against some horses who may be using this as a step towards the Coral Trophy. That's fair enough, mate. Uh, interesting race. Most of them better known as chasers. Tricky Milan Bridge, I guess, for Paul Nichols is is a potentially progressive one. I'd l- I'd love him to go chasing. He, he's a big, proper beast. And of course, Trevor Airmins, well, before he died, was the only horses he'd buy were big, proper chasing types. Um, I'd love to see him jump a fence, but he, he did look slightly green in some of his runs last year, so maybe another season over hurdles, he is only six. Um, give him plenty of experience. I, I think there's more progression to come from him, but I think he's running against the best rivals he's ever run against before, and I think he might struggle here. Yeah, I think that's a fair enough assessment, Jim. I'll have no doubt Milan Bridge will uh, end up being better over a fence. Uh, the novice chase, Jim, uh, Rioch as a horse, I think we both like going into this season, lightly raced, first time up over fences. He went off favourite for the uh, Grade 3 handicap at Sandown last February, won by Greenbook. Ran, ran down the field there, but he's still lightly raced. 15-8 to favourite to make a winning chase star, but uh, all being well, he'll go and do that. Yeah, he, he'll certainly, he can take these off of 1-8. Uh, he's beat Dr. Ken before. Uh, when finishing second at Aintree behind Gelino Bello uh, on his first hurdle start. Um, Monbeg Genius has bits and pieces of nice form, but none as good as Rioja. Um And hopefully we can open a bottle after he wins on Saturday. A bottle of Rioja? Yeah. Is Rioja a treat? No, that, that's red wine, Lewis. Educate yourself, son. I thought it was oh Rioja, yes, with a J in it. Oh, bingo! What am I thinking of? That's I... like a medicine. <laughs> Calpol. I'm thinking of Barocca. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you drink after you've drunk too much Rioja. 
Yeah, honestly, I've known I've I've known about this horse for over a year, and I've always thought to myself, it's so strange that he's named after them tablets I have in the cupboard. <laughs> Christ, this is also a man who, before recording, couldn't work out how to work his own shower after having it installed for nine years. I, I, I know how to turn the water on, Jim. I just don't know which way is hot and which way is cold. So no matter which way it turns, it seems to get hotter. <laughs> The twists and turns of this podcast, Baraka, Rioka, either way, he's going to win. <laughs> yeah, you can celebrate with some wine, Jim. And you, uh, you just have a orange flavoured health drink. Too right, pal. Too right. Uh, on to the Grand Sefton, Jim, in it, obviously, and it's a new position. Looking forward to this, I love anything over the entry fences. Uh, Broken Halo, 9 to 2 Fav. For Paul Nichols to beat two for gold at thirteen to two, fifteen to two senior cities and seventeen to two Jackama, nine to one Irish Raider lifetime ambition, tens Al Dancer Spirit of the Games, twelves Guest Kill and Cooper's Cross, twenties Bar them. Do you like one of your mate? Um, the horse I'd landed on was Lifetime Ambition, second season chaser, winner of a Grade Three last season. Uh, ran behind Capitano over three miles in the novice chase at Punchestown. Um, his jumping wasn't very good that day, but prior to that, throughout the season, his jumping had been really good. Um, he mixed it at two miles. He's mixed it at two four. I think two four is his trip. I know his graded win was over three miles. Um, he was ridden differently in, in that in that uh, Limerick Grade Three. Uh, I know that the form isn't necessarily anything special. Um, his mark is fairly high, but he's a a progressive horse, seven year old. Over the fences could spark a little bit more improvement. Jesse Arrington's had success over the fences, Magic of Light in recent times. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him over them. I'd like to see him held up. He's been ridden fairly prominently in most of his starts. Uh, he was at Punchestown, if I remember rightly. Um, but he's he's of he's of interest for me um, coming over. Jesse Arrington hasn't been in flying form. I don't think he's had any winners in the, in the last. 14 days, but um, that's nothing I'd particularly worry about. And lifetime ambition at nine to one offered a bit of value for me. Um, senior citizen, I would have liked him if the ground was a little bit quicker. He runs well over these fences. We saw him um, finish second to Mac Totty in this last year, um, and he ran eighth in the in the uh, Topham in April. Um, so we know he goes well over the fences, but the ground could just be slightly turning against him. Um, nothing else from me, Lou. Anything? Yeah, more more things I like here, Jim. Uh, I'll start with two for gold, who is a horse who I I wasn't really sure what he was good at up until I guess midway. Midway through the season before last, he was one I struggled to get an angle on, but now I'm I'm a big fan of his. Uh, obviously, really progressive last season. Uh, his his big win coming in the Fleur de Lis chase at Lingfield, where he got the better of Dashiell Drasher and Bristol de May, and then went and gave Fakir Dudery a really good race in the Ascot chase. One one thing where I think my opinion differs from a lot of people on two for gold is. Seeing him as a stayer, I don't. I like him over shorter than three miles. 
And, you know, you know, there were some people who thought he genuinely had a chance in the Grand National. I was like, he'll never get home. I like this. Not after he hit the first. Well, I just don't, I just don't think he's a massive, I don't think he's a stadium. I think he's a bit Aloha way. Obviously not as good as Aloha, but I like him up to three. If you know what I mean. And I think he's a very effective horse at three miles. But as, you know, I guess you'd have a little bit of doubts about Alaho in a gold cup trip. I'd have similar doubts about two for gold in a net, over an extended three. So I think the Sefton uh, will be well up his street. Interested in him. You already mentioned seeing his season. This sort of mark is exactly what he wants. Uh, and I think Jackamar's interesting as well, mate. His jumping, he takes a few liberties though. Over these fences, I'd be slightly concerned. And his genuineness, is he really that genuine? What do you, what do you want from, from him? I don't think he's been, he's been that, you know, that bad back end of last season, narrow runner up to up the straight. I thought that looked a solid race for the grade with the likes of Beakstown and Flicku of OU and Presentman counting in behind. You know, obviously won at Kempton, beating Mr. Coffey uh, over Christmas. He's still seven pounds higher in the weights than than when he beat Mr. Coffey at Christmas. I just thought he he shaped like a a non-stayer over three miles at, at Chepstow on return. Possibly a factor of needing the run involved in there as well. He'd probably be the bet for me in this race, mate. I I have no issues really with either his jumping or or his attitude. Uh, you know, I thought I thought he he rallied quite well to overhaul Mr. Coffee when he won at Kempton over Christmas. He he also did since win at Leicester in a in a little bit of a tin pot uh, four hundred event. He was entitled to win just before Cheltenham. But that Sandown form to me looks looks decent. I, I think up the straights a a reasonable horse uh, who he who he was who he narrowly went down to. Only two pounds higher than for the second there, and I, I, I don't think he fits the, tip, the profile of a typical Grand Sefton horse. Neither does the Fab Broken Halo, who we've not really talked about. You know, he's won two of his last three starts, but they were in small field novice handicaps round Fontwell and Exeter. Uh, this is an entirely different ball game, and even though he could still be well ahead of his mark. Uh, and he's obviously representing top connections. I'd rather go and see him win uh, than back him at nine to two. He's right at the same as Jackamar, and I think there's one whole. You know, I, I feel like Jackamar has been competing in deeper, more competitive races, and I have a better grasp of what sort of horse he is. Uh, I like him, mate. And and my point with the, the, the pair of them being slightly different types is that the Sefton is a race I often feel can kind of a lot of sort of out of out of form horses tend to turn up in it, out of form horses and or specialists. Whereas Jackamar had a productive season last year, looks to still be on a fair enough mark. Uh, yeah, like him for the race, mate. Fair enough. I- I brushed me aside and I could well be wrong um, but a race I'm looking forward to there's, there's a, not, a lot of horses who are trying it for the first time uh, is this Spirit, Spirit of the Games his first time over the National Fund no he was fifth in the race in the top I'm sorry um, 
he ran well last time out. Um, but he's a horse who I've always admired in handicaps. But yeah, a, a race I'm looking forward to and a lifetime ambition heads my shortlist. Yeah, I mean, Al Banza could be very still well treated. Those words are in the wrong order there. But he's, he's £10 lower than when he was a. Uh, like. That's the Tommy Tucker at Newton. Newton yeah, than when he was third in the Paddy Power two seasons ago. You know, when, and the second to Lawler back end of last season isn't isn't a dreadful dreadful effort either. Interesting, mate. Good race this year. Yeah, looking forward to it. And Geskill um, is isn't a horse we see often on this side of the uh, border, but he's fascinating on some of his. Heavy ground listed form at Otoy um, in, in previous seasons. Yep. Lovely to see Geskill crossing the border from France. Oh, well, <laughs> it's late. <laughs> as we move on to the uh, the 2.45, it's a, uh, again, as you'd expect, a forerunner, Tim Pot Novice, with a 5 to 4 5 in brewing up a storm. Do I feel. I'd say 90% of his career has come running in two-and-a-half-mile races around Aintree. Could be wrong, but it feels that way. Uh, Langerdan is 15-8. to Dashiell Drash is 7-2. And good old Voir de Rev, who's still only 10, is 25-1. to uh, Jim Bruin up a storm wins or not? I think he would. He, he just, well, uh, we, we have only seen Bruin up a storm over two-and-a-half hours around Aintree four times, which doesn't seem that many, but... I, I'm with you. I feel like he's always been running in it. Um, and and does he, doesn't he always fall at the last at Cheltenham? Is that not like something that's cemented in my brain? Um, but he runs on Sunday every time, every year as well. Yeah, at least four it, of his races are on Sundays. He always runs in the game spirit, is it? Oh, the national <laughs> spirit. Not in the game spirit, the national spirit. Get your head in the game, James. Um, Welcome yeah. back to our new podcast. Uh, <laughs> Facts about brewing up a storm. Rumours about brewing up a storm. <laughs> fact or fact or fable with brewing up a storm. <laughs> um, fact or stable. Sorry. Um, oh. the, he won this race uh, last year. Last year. Um, my head's gone. Uh, beating a load of rogues in behind. Uh, apart from Martello Sky, who, who's a <laughs> mare I like. Um, a load of they, they, like Langer Dan, just everyone's talking horse of, of Cheltenham last year, and he's the Martin Pipe wise guy, and then he got brought down. He got his uh, revenge at Aintree. Um, it, why is he 15 to he's, he's a ridiculously short price in comparison to Brewing Up a Storm. Brings a lot more form. I'd rather back Dashville Drasher at 7 to 2 than Langer Dan at 15 to 8. I think it's a ridiculous price. Um, his form over hurdles Dashiell Jasher isn't too bad um, he beat Beauport, um last season uh, the the winner of the Colin Parker last weekend um, but brewing up a storm it's a, it, his race to lose Sean Bowie now aboard who's uh, ridden him once before to great success and finished pulled up and in the last year's entry hurdle um, but I'm I'm Confident brewing up a storm and get his head back in from in a race that we believe he enjoys every year. I'm against you, mate. I like Langer. Don't you? Oh, not at fifteen. You you can't say Langer Dunn's the right price here. Uh, maybe not. But brewing up a storm is a beatable animal, isn't it? 
He's beatable, but it's Langerdan. But Langerdan's still very unexposed, is he not? He's still only six. And record fresh is a, is a question mark for me with Langerdan, because he's not a horse who I always think he's ready first time out. Was it at Taunton last season he was chunky, to say the least? Oh, that was on purpose, though, wasn't it? But still. That was on purpose. The four, the three last times they've... Bear, I mean, I, I'm not going to say trying with him, but he's got one. He's won an Imperial Cup. Absolutely danced up. Then got to within two and a quarter lengths of Galopin de Champ in the Martin Pipe, convincingly beating the remainder of the field, who weren't a set of mugs. And then he right. went and won, won a big handicap at Aintree, you know, back end of last season. Races like that just are just strong form. At the end of the day, and he's steadily progressive uh, against a horse who is now nine years old and was beaten in races he shouldn't have been beaten in last season. To be fair, he shouldn't have got. Botox has had no right to be beating Bruno Storm in the national spirit. You know what I mean? He's free on a bait to beat Davis Star. I mean. Most people do that nowadays, and Goshen... That's not true, because Darby's starting on a bit of a roll this summer. Have you seen who he's been beating, mate? It doesn't matter. He's still been on a roll. No, Darby's is no factor at graded level anymore. Langadan needs a big field to perform. Look what he's done in, in smaller fields. He's thrown in the towel. I'm not having this. He's well, not going to get... He, well, not thrown in the towel, maybe that was a bit harsh, but... In in bigger fields, we see him run better races. He's got a pace to aim at. He's not a horse who likes to be go forward. He's tend to be held up. Um, Dash will Dash will go fair enough. Tempo that's guaranteed. We know he's he'll just carry on galloping. Bruno Pastorn will sit behind. Viderev will go forward. They're not going to go quick enough for Langadan to have a, a, a tempo to aim at. Bruno Pastorn is just going to carry on galloping alongside of him. And, and yeah, simple as that. That's how I read the race. Nah, I just think the Fab's an opposable horse when he's that short a price, mate. Yeah, I think, like, I think, brewing up a storm, he's such a better bet than Langerdan at five. You can have brewing up a storm five to four. You know what you're going to get with him, and Langerdan at fifteen to eight. I'd have him at threes, but not at fifteen to eight. Fair enough, pal. Fair enough. I understand that. Uh, you like something in the three eighteen? Yeah, Gunsight Ridge is a horse. Ollie Murphy could be having a double on the card. Um, he's a horse who I think it, we should be keeping on the right side this season. He was second to Lohan Press over two mile three at Exeter. He won at Sandown, beating Bundar and Moonlighter, Montreal Cock, all them sort of horses that run in the same two mile Sandown races every year. He bumped into Freyro Bamboo and Dolos uh, later, later on uh, in the month. And he was disappointing in the red run, but I think this season uh, there's certainly a little bit more progression off a mark of one three three. He was close to being in my turf dot twelve, um, but he he didn't make it. Um, but I think this is a very winnable race. There's nothing of of as competitive as Dolos or Ferrero Bamboo in this. Only money comes in on a bit of form, but all a bit in in poor races around Worcester and Plumpton. Um, and of course, you've got to be wary of a Venetia Williams horse when the ground's turning. But Gunsight Ridge, I think, off top weight should be able to dominate these. Fair enough, mate. I don't, uh, 
I don't disagree with that. Anything else from you at any of the other other meetings on Saturday? Uh, the other meetings on Saturday, uh, nothing else at Aintree. Uh, Kelso in the Novice Handicap Chase at 2.53. Uh, Ned Tanner makes his chase debut. He's a horse who progressed last season in handicaps over hurdles. Um, one over three miles, uh, one over two, three. Uh, off a mark of one one two, he's up five pound. I think he's one to keep on the right side in novice handicaps this season. Uh, more than winnable race first time out. Nick Alexander was on in flying form air last weekend. Uh, um, I don't know the price, but I will be backing him blind uh, almost. Um, some nice pieces of of hurdles uh, starts over staying distances. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing him out of the fences. Um, I didn't mention um, in the first race at Down Royal on Saturday in the juvenile hurdle, um, the Gordon Elliott trained New Year's Honours was on the flat with Qatar um, and Rafe Beckett. Um, I think he's certainly interesting. He won off a mark of 67 at Lingfield, which could say anything, but uh, cost a fair amount of money and for the same connections who had duffel court, um, I think he could be interesting. Cougars, obviously, the one, one to beat in that, but um, I'll be watching his run with a certain amount of intent. Uh, and I think that's everything. Rather well, there's Keeneland uh, at the weekend, which I'm sure Lewis will, will be mentioning very briefly, but if I, we're all Highfield Princess. I think the whole of the UK wants it to win, uh, just to show how crap American sprint racing is. Don't be mean to Golden Pal, Jim. He, he's he's whose fault he drops a ball. He's a fraud. Over here. He's a fraud. Jimmy's the fastest, the fastest horse in the world. Catch you, Nevadim. Over half a floor. Catch you, Nevadim. It would have been because you know what, Jim. Catchy stays five. Well, stayed five furlongs. Exactly. Golden Pal stays one and a half. Oh, it'd be funny if he wins off. He's not. Uh, he's not. John eight. He he won't be able to get to the front. Jason Hart sits nicely in six, tucks him behind the leaders, pulls him out. Golden Pal only has one way of going, and it's from the front. And they tried to ride him differently. Was it the other week where I think I think I watched that race at Keeneland the Grade Two? They tried to ride him differently and piss around with him, and he just he, he's just not very good at it. I'd love him to absolutely get flumped. And I'd also like Emirati Anna to, to beat him. That'd be better. Sorry. That's, sorry. I hope Wesley Ward isn't listening to this, but sorry. But I, 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 it's this time of the year where we get to the Breeders' Club. I just want to beat every American. Not with, not physically. <laughs> uh, yeah, you Jim, I can't disagree. I, I actually can't disagree with with that because... It will just be really funny if Golden Pal gets beat by a Euro horse. Like if Floaters beats him. That'd be funny. <laughs> go Bears, go. Naval Crown. Yeah. I, I, I'd be happily sat there laughing my head off. Golden Pal's just a horse I've never enjoyed. And I'm sorry, Magnum and Tabor and everyone who's part of it, but he's a fraud. No, look, I, I'd, I'd like the... Uh, of the Americans, I want Flightline to want them... I'd, I'd like Jackie's warrior to to dance up as well. He's you know absolute belting horse. He is 
uh, on the dirt. Other than that, I just see the Breeders' Cup as a, as a chance to cheer the Euros on like it's a football team. And uh, my main man, Pogo, going over there, he's the one I want to win more than anything, I think, in the uh, turf mile. Obviously, we've got a, a very, very strong hand in that uh, with the European contingent. Uh, the likes of modern, uh, modern games is, is the fact that isn't even Kim Ross and Dream Loper also there, but Paul go at 20 to 1. That's not a bad price, I know. He's drawn right on the inside. <laughs> you know, he's had a really, really productive year. Fairly evenly matched with Kim Ross on their York run as well and on the Goodwood run in the Atlantic States where there was a short head separating them. 20 to 1 for Paul Go, Jim, is not a bad bet in the each way cup. No, I, cup. That, that's, it sounds like some ridiculous race that they'd have named in America. It um, sounds like it's on Mario Kart. <laughs> Driving as Waluigi. Um, like you said, Flightline, I'd like to see him win, but it'd be funny if he got beat. Um, <laughs> Burning Ambitions were in, in the last race, that isn't a graded race, and wasn't, we were having this discussion before, wasn't he, isn't he a hunter chase at Burning Ambition? Yes, uh, Look, there's something for everyone at the Breeders' Cup. He's running over a mile. <laughs> Look, we do things differently in America, Jim. I, for one, am most looking forward to the Breeders' Cup hunter chase. Yeah, that, that's something I can get aboard. Um, but there's also a horse called Bye Bye Melvin, I think I've read somewhere. Like, what a stupid name for a horse. I, I, and he seems to be quite good. That's slightly irritating. There's a lot of ranting here. You can tell why we mostly talk about jump racing. Do you, do you have a, a dislike of men named Melvin? No. I can't say I've ever met one, to be brutally honest. Uh, if we've got any listeners to the Melvin, please, listeners to the Melvin, listening to the podcast of Melvin, feel free to message me on Twitter. Um, there's also another one called Chocolate Gelato, which I've written, that, that annoys me. Um, would you rather the horse be called Hello Melvin as you as you welcome the Melvins rather than sending yeah. the Melvins away? Yeah, I would. Um, there's also one called Pax or Wallop, which Wallop's spelled wrong. That irritates me. Um, but yeah, the, the Saturday at Keeneland's a lot more exciting uh, than the Friday, in my opinion. Um, and also, we see Mishriff's last race in the Breeders' Cup turf. Um, he's been some for, fun to follow over the years, and uh, hopefully it all comes back safe. And Broom, Broom could run a race against him. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, not looking forward to it as much as Lost in Translation running the Veterans Chase on Sunday at Sunday. No, that that'll be great fun. That that'll be great fun. Uh, my only other point for the weekend, Jim, is that well, I was only going to have one other point. You brought Mishriff up, and I want to say, Mishriff is not as bad as people say he is nowadays. He's still a very, very good horse. I don't think he's declined anywhere near as much as other people would believe. A little bit, but not loads. Uh, and my only other point was that I agree with you. Every word you said about Ned Tanner, back him whatever the price, this is the cert of the weekend. Yeah, uh, so that's Ned Tanner, look fabulous, so royal. Uh, and bye-bye and, Melvin. And Rioca. That's that's the four that you've got to lay everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish it wasn't true, Jim. I but we know it... I'll just be in, t- in tears on Saturday. I've been in horrendous form the last two weeks, and hopefully we can bounce back. 
I wish it wasn't true, mate. The two, I, I guess, the two main bets for me, and I wish I had something more interesting to say, but I think Fabulous is a great price at 6-5. to five. And back Ned Tanner, whatever, whatever the odds, because I think he goes and wins. Uh, I have some opinions on the handicaps. Jack Amar, possibly most interesting of those, but I don't think I'll be steaming in this weekend. No. Uh, if Ned Tanner falls at the first, I'll roughly find me in the River Roach. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, there's something for everyone, though, this weekend, even if it's not the most fun to punt on. To there's Doncaster. Fair. There's the November Handicap, which I'm not... they're all... They're all basically glorified bumpers, so in yeah. sloppy conditions. That's true, mate. That is true. Uh, I can't be asked talking about Doncaster, mate. Uh, no. It just so happens that the best the best punting this weekend probably comes on a dog track in America. <laughs> uh, <laughs> With horses called Melvin. Yes. What a shame, but... We've got lots of lots of fun things over the, with the jumping horses this weekend. Uh, I hope McFabulous wins. I hope Ned Tanner wins. Uh, that's it from me. Jim, any final thoughts from yourself, Paul? Just sit back and enjoy. Lost in translation, schooling a load of veterans at Sandown. Enjoy, boys and girls. Yeah, we will enjoy that as well, Jim. And I can see it happening as well, mate, which is, which is the best thing. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in. To admittedly, one of the worst episodes of Turf Talk we've ever produced. <laughs> <laughs> it's a low bar, and every time we, we we tend to get it, we tend to make it worse and worse. Uh, but I guess that that in part is down to the nature nature of of the racing this weekend, mainly down to myself and James's uh, lack of coherence. <laughs> <laughs> and tendency to speak in broken English. Uh, but thanks to everyone for sticking with us. We hope you've we hope you've listened. We hope you've found a couple of winners yourself, and hopefully a nice surprises this weekend. Enjoy the racing. Take care. See you soon. Stay safe. <laughs>